Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for the time that we had in intense. Thank you for the women uh, that were able to facilitate uh, the men to go to enrich the lives of their children, and their families, and their legacy. We pray, Father God, that we would always choose that treasure that never fades. We would choose a treasure that lasts forever. For here upon the earth, the thief and rust and mold uh, do away with earthly uh, wealth. But those who, whose treasure is in the blessing of the Lord, it's priceless, it's renewed, and it's enlarged. So bless the families represented. Keep our guys safe coming back. Bless Pastor GF and Rose Watkins for what they do at Jordan Ranch and Powerhouse and Katie, their church, and all their staff. And we pray that this morning the word of God would inspire us, that would enrich us, would nourish our lives, and that we could be a light in this world as we live out your reality. Thank you for Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And allow his life to live forevermore through the power of the resurrection in our hearts and in our lives being authentic males and husbands and fathers and families that change the earth, Father God, change the world through your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I, I want to suggest that, that this whole thing about what we do for God is truly defined as a sacrifice. Um, the Lord is pleased with our uh, transferring. Let's say the Sunday school goes back, right? The Sunday school, you guys are dismissed. Um, what we transfer over in our lives and in our possession and in our time and talents, all this transfer over before God, I want to define that as a sacrifice. And uh, we're living in a day and age where people think that they're worshiping, but there's no transfer. The words sacrifice and offering, uh, the words uh, to bring to God a sacrifice is not only that you come. The fact that you come is a good thing. But if there's no transfer over to God, you haven't, you haven't uh, transacted. You haven't, you, you haven't, um, you haven't worshipped authentically. Uh, a lot of people out there in, in what the devil does, and he does the doctrines of demons and teachings, biblical, theological expositions, uh, they say there's our sacrifice, and they point to Jesus. And the worshipers that come to Jesus, they never transfer over to God other than being present. Being present is coming near as part of a sacrifice. Um, so, so come near and offer to the Lord. It's a, it's a two-prong scenario. Um, and so it was always the case that the Lord was seeking, if you go to John chapter 4, uh, New Testament, when he's talking to a woman and, and they get into some theological explanation of how and who God is. She says, you're a Jewish man in verse, we're reading John 4 um, and verse 9. The woman sa said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from a Samaritan woman? This is all religious talk. You know, this is denominational garbage. Uh, she had an incredible need. He was trying to meet that need, but she's getting into religious talk. And, and it's almost like when, when I talk to somebody who needs Jesus, they'll say, what religion are you? 
the other day they called me uh, to be on the Rick Sanchez show and I show up there um, and, and we're in the VIP room and if you go to the Rick Sanchez show, the people he's gonna have on his program, they're all people in Miami that, that do like really powerful things. And so here I come and nobody was like, what are you here for? And so the guy that was there, uh, he was there with his girlfriend um, he's about 40-something years old, and he says, well, who are you? And I said, nice to meet you. I'm Pastor Joaquin. And he goes, what do you do? I didn't say Pastor Joaquin. I just said Joaquin. He says, what do you do? I said, I change men. I help men change. So he's thinking, are you like a doctor? Um, I said, no. Um, see, if you're not a man, then your wife or your girlfriend, I don't know who she was at the time, she can't, she doesn't have a man, so she has to act like a man, and then she has to treat you like a child, and then you, got, you, you can't commit to her. You won't marry her. You're insecure. And, and she goes, yeah, he needs you. He needs, he needs your book. <laughs> she threw him under the bus quick. And uh, I found out later he was a lawyer. And uh, so we're on, on the Rick Sanchez show there. And when I told him that, he goes, what religion are you? I go, brother, this has nothing to do with religion. Why do you want to speak about religion when I'm talking about whether you are a man or not? And so, at the, so that's what this lady was doing. She was going on with Jesus, trying to get into some religious talk. You're Jewish, I'm Samaritan, you're not supposed to talk to me. Um, but Jesus went a little farther, and he says in verse 10, I have a gift for you. I want to give you something freely. This is not something that I'm trying to buy you into. Uh, he who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. So then the, she said, sir, verse 11, you have nothing to draw this well as to. Amen. She, she says, this well is, is to drink and you don't have anything to draw the water out. You have nothing to draw with. You, have, you don't have something large enough to carry what I need, number one. And the well is too deep. The issues in my life are so profound you can never understand them. Uh, how would you ever be able to get this living water? And uh, at that point, she says in verse 12, You're, are you greater than your father Jacob? In, in my lifeline, historically, no one's been able to give me this, uh, who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water that I give will never thirst again. If you get plugged into what I'm going to give you freely as a gift, you'll never be thirsty again. And then ultimately she says, uh, sir, give me this water and... Verse 20, 19, she says, Sir, I perceive you're a man of God. You're a prophet. Verse 20 says, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and the Jews worship in Jerusalem. Where should one worship? How? You know, you want me to plug in, but one people say one thing, another people say one thing. How? Where, where should I go? And then this is when he tells her. Um, in verse... 23, the hour is coming and now is already here that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking those who worship him like this. 
So at the end of the story, he says, uh, in this exchange, God is looking forward to this happening, and it's not going to happen for real until there are true worshipers. And, and sacrifice needs to be, I want to please understand that you're to bring it into your life. If your relationship with God has no sacrifice, if you're not waking up early in the morning to pray, if you're not reading your Bible during the day, if you're not going uh, late at night into, if you're not coming to church, if you're not participating in service, this, all these are transfer of energies, transfers of talents. We cannot say, Jesus did it all, I'm done. That, that is a fraud. You've been sold on a fake. Make sure that, that getting on a bus for 20 hours to go someplace is a price you're paying. It is not much of a price because it is a luxury, a luxury uh, charter bus. You're sitting in a, like, a, you know, a reclining chair and stuff. It's hard. It's not easy to sleep on one of those things. But in Bible times, they would have to ride a camel or a mule, or walk from one city to the next. And we've become so comfortable in our worship that there is no sacrifice involved. There is no hardship, uh, you know, to, to be able to come to church. People are like, man, do I have to go to this air-conditioned place and sit on those comfortable chairs again? Really? And, and that's the extent of their sacrifice is just getting here. But that's part of worship. That's, that, that's not true sacrifice. And so we want to understand this morning that, that ever since that's been an issue since Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, the Bible says the first family upon the earth, it came time. Uh, <clears throat> let's read that, Genesis 4, 3. In the process of time, as time lived out, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. He was a farmer, and he brought the fruit of the ground. Uh, verse uh, 4 says, Abel brought the firstborn of the flock of the fact. He, he, they both came, one offered one thing, the other offered the other thing, and it says, and the Lord respected Abel that he showed up and brought an offering. He brought something to the table. But, uh, so there was, there was honor in that. He did not respect Cain and his offering. It didn't equate, something was wrong. You know, um, the, the widow brings everything she has and puts it in the box. And he's blown away. And what, when the thoughts are, she outdid, even though people gave a lot more, but they gave from their leftovers. She gave all she had. And Jesus' attention is on that. He knows the level of your sacrifice. There's widows in this house, um, elderly women who have no husbands, their children don't help them, and they give extreme bouts of finances it might be twenty dollars a week but for them it represents a, a you know a third of their of their income and so you see that and in god's eyes let's not um there's no there's no um there's no con in this but i, I want to make sure that that there's authenticity in our worship don't don't just come and do that which is easy don't come and just do nothing at all. Impact the heavens. Impact the, the, the place you're at. Uh, be involved. And, and so there, there it says that, that he didn't respect. Verse 5, he did not respect. He didn't consider. He, he's, with everything that Cain had received from the Lord, what he presented before the Lord was not a sacrifice. He was just doing it as a casual come along, a participant, if you will. He was present, but the extent of his participation 
was stale. You guys know what it is to have a stale potato chip, right? No snap in it. It would be horrible for you to be a Christian with no snap. That your life doesn't represent a true, you know, uh, transferring over of your passion for God. And so there it says in verse 5, he did not respect Cain or his offering. So remember the person and what they bring. It's not just that you came, but let's, let's, let's put also what's out there in your involvement. So it says too, uh, Cain and his offering. So you're here and you're a Christian, but the, the sacrifice is not delivered. You're present, but nothing's being transferred. And Cain became angry, frustrated, and his countenance fell. Those are the two signs of somebody who's not a true worshiper. They're not enjoying life. Because the true enjoyment of life is transferring your entire body over to God. Paul says it in Romans 12. He says, I beg you to present your bodies a living sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Not only that you present yourselves, but that it is pleasing to God. And that's where the, the measure comes into place. Um, and, and God give you wisdom to be able to discern that difference. He was frustrated. He was, his countenance fell. In verse 6, the Lord tells him, hey, Cain, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you depressed? Why are you sad? You know why? Because I have given you the capacity to do much better, and you are floundering in mediocrity. You're not even present. When I went up to Chicago, and Chicago is the land of the mob. It's Oprah land too. A woman owns the place. There are no men. So I told the men of Chicago, if at church on Sunday morning, your wife shouts amen louder than you, you might be effeminate. At this point, the men should go, amen! I'll give you another try. If on Sunday, your wife is, is shouting hallelujah louder than you, you might be not manly. Hallelujah! There you go. There you go. We must be the ones that lead our families with spiritual fervor, with, with spiritual involvement. Leave a legacy of marking the, the house of worship, your participation. Uh, this is not, a, this is not a, a masculinity thing or a feminist thing. This is a God thing. Uh, some of the guys that went over there, they, they were blown away because their wives tweeted them. Ready? I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You took time out to go meet with God so that our families might be blessed. I was in Peru. It was about seven, nine years ago. I'm in Peru, 10 years ago. And we were invited by the richest family in Peru. They own a gold mine, literally. And so they have bodyguards. They have chauffeurs. They pick up us at, at the airport in a Mercedes-Benz. And, and we're, we're driving. And we get to the house, beautiful house. And the lady's daughter, who's inheriting the gold mine, and they own the largest cemetery plot in, in the town of Lima. You know, that's a great business, cemetery plots. People are always dying to get there. They literally own a cemetery plot. The lady tells me, the lady's daughter says, because I was teaching on manhood and, and we're changing the world, raising up champions and changing men from being cowards to being warriors. And she says, what's wrong for me to support my husband? What's wrong with him staying at home and me going out there and making the money and bringing it to our family? I said, lady, no offense, but usually when two nations are fighting, they don't send the women over to defend the men. You can say amen there. Amen. 
you don't send. Some guy says, we got to go to Afghanistan. This guy was telling me, right? We got to go to Afghanistan and we got we to gotta send the women over there to show the Muslim women that they don't have to be. And I said, who are you going to send? Let me ask you a question. Are you going to send your mom? He goes, no. You're going to send your wife? No. You're going to send your daughter? No. Then what the heck are you talking about? It's real cool having the concept. Let's send the women over there. Hey, sir, are you sending your mom? No way. I wouldn't send my mom to war. Are you sending your wife? No. I, I got to. Are you sending your daughter? Then what the heck are you talking about? And this, this is a God concept. So God wants us to have strong men that worship God because in that. Listen, we're just going to put it like this. The word sacrifice, if there's no sacrifice in our worship, it's not authentic. If you don't know what it is to get to church on time, you are not a true worshiper. Because you don't, you don't come to the house of God late. You prepare early so you could come authentically before his presence. You, you don't miss. Listen, I'm going to tell you something happened on this, on this trip to Intense. I bring in the head cook of Jordan Ranch. He's, he's one, the number one cook in that whole region. And I bring him to our camp to meet Alex Paella. And he says, man, your paella is great, but I'm going to give you a secret that's going to take you to another level. Your paella is awesome, but I'm going to give you a secret, and you are going to make so much money. Be with me at 6 o'clock in the morning tomorrow morning. 6 o'clock in the morning. The guys wake up at 7, but we'll wake up at 6, and I'm going to show you my secret recipe. I'm going to give it to you for free. Guess what happened to Alex Baia? He didn't go. He fell asleep. He says, I, I got to cook for the men. I said, that's not the time to cook for the men. Other guys were cooking for the men. You needed to keep your word. You needed to be at your appointment. That was God was blessing you to take you to another level, and you didn't show up. And so this is, that's just in the natural. We do that all the time in the spiritual. God has a divine appointment, and the things that take place before we get here are already gone. When the men come to Monday night men's meeting, if they miss the first five minutes, they've missed a lot. A lot. Because God starts business when he starts business. And if you can't sacrifice to be there on time, because Jesus did it all on the cross, and it's true, you don't have to do anything. But if you want to be an excellent worshiper, I want, as your pastor, to introduce you something called sacrifice. And it's, it's not, you don't have to do this for salvation because there's only one sacrifice. But the Bible says in Hebrews, real quick, and I'm finishing, chapter 13. So this is going to blow some of you away. Verse 15. We say we're not going to, do, we're not going to use the word in New Testament Christianity because it offends people. Oh, if, if they tell us we have to sacrifice, I'm going to go find a church where Jesus did the whole sacrifice. And then I have a worship without any participation. I just show up. But if you show up and there's no transfer, you're not worshiping God. So he says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. This sacrifice that we bring to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Verse 16. New Testament sacrifice. Not to forget to do good is a sacrifice. It's not only hallelujah, praise his name. It's not only the, the, the words, but not forgetting to do good, to do a conduct that blesses others. That's what it is, um, to share. 
For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. The doing something is the sacrificial part. The, and, and it's transferred over, Lord, I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you what the guys are doing. They're working for the Lord. They have to get here early, what the worship team does. They, they're actually, they're showing up, but they're also laying something down. If you're just showing up and laying nothing down, you haven't worshiped God yet. And it's not authentic. It's not genuine. God does not respect that. In Psalm 50, verse 23, he says, Those who offer sacrifices, whoever praises and glorifies me and conducts uh, to him who orders his conduct right, him who does something that pleases me, I'll show my salvation. I'll show you. I'll show up. Okay, so here it is. Um, the phenomenal thing was that Alex Paella showed up and he cooked for the 80 men three days in a row, nonstop, tiredly. It is, I, I don't know even how to reward that. This man charges thousands of dollars to do a two-hour wedding. So imagine hiring him for three days, three meals a day, and they were gourmet meals. So the guy was working his behind off. And at the time that God is going to give him a divine appointment, he says, Alex Paia goes over to his cooler. He says, hey, he tells the chef, see this sausage that I use? Alex is telling the chef, you can't get this in Miami. This is a special company that makes the best sausage in America. And the chef says, you know who makes that sausage? My brother. And he makes a million pounds a week of the sausage you can't get in Miami that I'm going to give you when you meet my brother. Now show up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm giving you a secret recipe that me and my brother made. And it's going to be the number one seasoning, non-sodium. So it takes you to a level that is healthy. Takes you to a level that your food that you make, when you charge $1,000, now you'll be able to charge $1,500. Because it's secret ingredients for a better paella. Now at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'll see you in my kitchen. He's the one that cooks at Jordan Ranch. And he didn't show up. So I wake up at 7. I get out of my room at 7. I come over to Mick. I said, how was your appointment with Alex? Listen to me. What broke my heart that morning is to hear the words, he never came. He never showed up. And I'm not ragging on Alex. I'm ragging on you. Ragu. I'm saying, come and interact legitimate with God. Don't be a spectator. You're not coming to this house of God to sit there and watch the pastor preach or to listen to the worship team sing or to let the Sunday school teach your children. You're here to interact with God, to say, this week, Lord, you have blessed me. I'm bringing the portions of your blessing over my family, and I present them to you in a manner that is pleasing. For you to come here and there to be no exchange is, is really is a disservice on my part to let you do that. It's a disservice on my part to see you just come week after week and no transfer of a relationship with God. So that's why we're sharing that this morning. This, this ability to present and to share with others, which is pleasing to God, is seen throughout the Bible. And every time it happened, God shows up to bless those who present these offerings. In 2 Samuel 24, 24, a king comes over to David and says, Look, I got all these bulls that I want to give you so you could sacrifice to your God. Imagine somebody saying, Here's a million dollars so you could take you to church and give a million dollars. How many would like to do that? 
that they give you a million dollars and you bring a million dollars. David would say, no, thank you, sir. I refuse to give to God what is not my offering to him. I can't give. He says, the king said to Aronau, no, but I will surely buy it from you. I'm going to pay for those bulls. So it costs me something. So God sees that I'm actually doing, um, I'll buy it from you for a price. Because I will not offer, nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. I'm not going to come to the house of God to have nothing take place. Let's stand. Ask God to give you wisdom. Ask God what this represents in your life. For some of you, it's called the rude awakening. I thought I was worshiping God. Everything we do on a baby scale is just training wheels for the next level. When I went to Texas for the first time 25 years ago, George, I was taken by the generosity of the Texan people. I goes, I can't believe these millionaires are giving so much money to the work of God. So I came back to my law practice and I started giving large sums of money and never regret a single penny because everything I've given God, God has just poured down multiplication style. Let's ask God, Lord, is my worship have the element of sacrifice? Not sacrifice so that I might be saved, but sacrifice so that I might show forth the praises of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Is my worship consistent with being on time? Do I come to church to transact with God? The word worship is one who kisses the hand of God. He says, the father is looking for those who worship him. The word there, worship, is prokuneos. Prokuneos comes from the hand that comes forward that is kissed. As God is coming to your family, as he's coming to your life, as he's coming to bless you, is there a response? Or is it just a one-way relationship? Is it one-sided? I told the men a while back that for 15 years, for, yeah, the first 15 years, I was just asking God, forgive me, give me, give me, give me, give me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And then I was taken back saying, what have I given God? And the truth was, compared to what he was doing, my life had no response. And that's a stale relationship. But in the face of his goodness, and that's what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 1, and you could read it with me. He says, I beseech you, brethren, I beg you, because of the mercies of God, because put everything that God has done on one side of the scale. Because of everything he's done, the, the response would be to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Put, put that on the other scale. If you only do what you have to do, you've done nothing. Even, even the ungodly do that. But if we're going out of our way in extreme measure, that's what it's called to find out what is acceptable to God. What, what is the acceptable thing God wants us to do? And for each one of us is something different. So ask God together that you might know how to present your sacrifice. We used to sing a song that says, We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We're bringing something to God. We're not only showing up, but there's a transfer of our time, of our hard-earned efforts. Uh, one of the men that went to Intense, he sponsored five guys. He says, Pastor, I'm going, but I, I want to I bring five guys with me. I want to bless. See, that, that's priceless treasure right there. That's amazing.
Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this day that we've come to the house of God and we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate the spirit of the Lord. We, we welcome the word of God. We welcome your truth into our hearts that we might stand before you without being ashamed. We don't want to be frustrated and angry like Cain. We want to be like Abel whose person and whose offering were accepted. Your promise in the word of God is that when we build altars and we bring sacrifices upon those altars and we offer to you that it's like a sweet smelling fragrance that comes before your presence. When Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 was sacrificing to the poor and doing alms in the New Testament, good things, it came up before the Lord. Even a pagan centurion who feared the Lord and was offering sacrifice to God, it was sweet smelling and you sent Peter over to him to bring him into your kingdom. As we sacrifice, as we serve you sacrificially, as we give sacrificially, be pleased with us. Be pleased with our lives every moment. Show forth your glory. Honor those who honor you. Teach us how to truly be worshipers that worship God in spirit and in truth. We give you thanks for Spring of Life Fellowship, a wellspring of spiritual nourishment and refreshing in these last days. We give you thanks for our vision. We give you thanks for the power of the witness it brings to others and conviction, bringing character to the forefront of gifting and grace, Lord. Allow you to be glorified. Allow your name to be lifted up. That you might be glorified in our generation as people witness our sacrifice and our dedication to the things of God. We give you thanks for the ultimate sacrifice of salvation, which was Jesus on the cross, but that only served as an example for us to walk in his footsteps, that we too might be sons, spiritual sons and daughters that are able to live in this life in a manner that pleases you in every moment. We worship you and give you thanks in the house of God and the people of God say amen.